This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we're back with another topic, a topic that is very appropriate today because it is Easter Monday, and that's a good time to focus on the plight of persecuted Christians in the Middle East and elsewhere. A week ago on Palm Sunday, ISIS terrorists took responsibility for two explosions in churches, killing more than 45 people in Egypt. One was in Alexandria. One was in a place called Tanta. Just today, Pakistan's military announced that it had captured a would-be Islamic State female suicide bomber in Lahore before she could carry out an attack on the Christian community during Easter celebrations. And boy, this woman was apparently, is apparently a medical student. Some of this just boggles the mind. So what is Christian persecution? It is any persecution that's based on hostility to people's religion. Um, Right now, Christians are the most persecuted religion on earth. Um, It happens in about 60 countries around the world, according to the Pew Research Center. Uh, Now, it happens mostly in Muslim countries, but the number one offender on this list is, wait for it, North Korea. Right now, I'm on the line with uh, Cardinal Thomas Collins of the Archdiocese. Uh, Happy Easter, Cardinal. Happy Easter to you. Well, um, first of all, what is your reaction to this, these most recent attacks? Well, you know, it's just horrendous to see what is happening with the attacks, especially in Egypt, just uh, last on Palm Sunday, and it's a very joyful day in our, you know, in our, our faith, uh, the Coptic uh, Orthodox Christians there gathering for Mass and then being killed. But we saw that also not very long ago in the cathedral, uh, the Coptic Cathedral, and uh and of course, there were the uh, the young men who were murdered on the beach uh, uh, about a year or so ago, uh, beheaded there, uh, and their last words were, you know, uh, praise to the Lord Jesus as they were they they were martyrs. So it's horrible, uh, and it's very very uh, consistent. It's happening all over the place, as you said, in the Middle East certainly, but also Nigeria. Uh, we see throughout different places in Africa and in. Uh, East Africa, they had the killing of the university students about a year or two ago. Uh, And then even in in India, there was a few years ago, we had an Orissa uh, province. There was uh, uh, very significant um, massacres and killings of Christians. So, and as you mentioned, North Korea, there's another. So it's all over. We have many refugees in Toronto, um, and a lot of them are Christians from Iraq, the Chaldean uh, Christians, and the Assyrian Church of the East, uh, who are also very, very much suffering. So I, I meet them because I'm the Archbishop. I, I meet a lot of people who are in those situations. When I first arrived, the, the Syriac Catholic Bishop of Mosul came to see me and tell me about the way his young students were being kidnapped. And now, of course, Mosul, is, the Christians were driven into the desert. So it's just horrendous, and I wish somebody would speak up about it um, and take some notice of it and do something about it. 
Um, you know, I, I, I keep wondering, you know, why do we not hear more about this? Even from, you know, other Christians who are activists for other reasons, uh, other causes. Um, but this is really something that just doesn't get that much attention. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't know. This is if people being just massacred, and then it's noted, and then people move on. It's sort of like part of the the norm in the world, and it's just horrible. And I like in Toronto, we people come here from all over, and many of them are fleeing. And often they have relatives. Uh, when I meet with some of the the people who come here, uh, relatives who have been uh, you know been murdered or kidnapped or whatever. And then, of course, you have people fleeing across the Mediterranean. Um, uh, Pope, uh, Pope Francis, of course, has emphasized that when he went to visit the island of Lampedusa. Um, there's, uh, it's just astonishing. Uh, it just gets sort of swept away as if uh, sort of a story for a moment, and on we move to something else. Well, um, it was also um, some people noted, and uh, of course, you know, a bomb can hit you no matter what religion you are. But, but uh, it seemed that up until about a month ago, when uh, uh, the Trudeau government brought some Yazidis who are uh, basically being slaughtered into Canada, that the the the, the refugees that were brought into Canada by this government were all um, Muslim. Well, it would be interesting to, to, I don't have the statistics on that exactly, but it would be very interesting to check out that. Certainly the Yazidis have been terribly, terribly persecuted. Uh, They're, you know, a minority group very much, but the group that's mostly, and of course many people are suffering because of the civil war and uh, strife in the Middle East, and Muslims, Christians, Yazidis, many, many different people. But... Uh, the simple reality is that it is above all Christians who are being persecuted, and so I don't. I think that needs to be recognized, and I would. Uh, we certainly um, we need to help them and help everyone, but I think especially help those who are most in need. Well, well, and exactly. I'm um, you looking at some information from a group called Open Doors. I'm sure uh, you're familiar with them, and they follow this, an American group. Um, and according to their numbers, they say that uh, 322 Christians are killed because of their faith every month. And uh, I'm just going to read the list of the top countries, the uh, top offenders. And Cardinal, perhaps you can speak to this. So it's North Korea, Somalia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Sudan, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Yemen, and Eritrea. Yes, right. Those are the countries uh would be at the top of the list, but I mean, there are also other countries in Africa, uh, countries, and uh, for that matter, in terms of the uh, killing of uh, priests and people like that, just there's been a, a, quite a bit of that recently in uh, in countries in the Americas. Really? And well, I think we think of uh, some time ago we had the the, the shooting of us, uh, Archbishop Oscar Romero, the, uh, the murderer as he was celebrating mass, he was gunned down. That would be about 30 years, 40 that years ago. That was a ago. long time ago, but, yes. But I, mean, but I mean, ever since then, right, yeah, that 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 pattern is something we also see, not just in the, across the the oceans, but in in, uh, in South America and, and in Mexico, and just recently. Wouldn't that be, uh, to a certain extent, uh, because of the political activism on the part of priests? Is that is that I the same that thing? Would, that would be part of that one, which would distinguish it from what we're looking at in terms of the general attacks on Christians in the Middle East and in Africa 
and in India and other places there and in North North Korea, of course. Uh, there, I think it is a more generic, um, generalizing against any Christian believers. I mean, the very fact of going in and bombing churches, uh, or the way those those young men were, uh, they're workers just trying to support their families in uh, in Libya and uh, just uh, you know captured, lined up on the beach and uh, beheaded. Um, it's it's horrendous. And uh, but it's a sort of a thing too, where people are driven out. They like in Mosul, when the people were driven into the desert uh, when it was taken over, and the churches destroyed, and the but it's the people whose lives were were destroyed. And uh, you know, so we're trying in our own our own uh, diocese and many many others too. Of course, we're trying to help uh, to reach out to the Office of Refugees. The Archdiocese of Toronto is um, the biggest or one of the biggest uh, non-government uh, offices in the in the country. And we help people of all faiths, but in a particular way, obviously, we're, we're very concerned about the Christians who are being uh, persecuted. Okay. Um, Cardinal Collins, I want you to hang on, uh, because I want to talk about what we can do, what you have been doing. I also want to hear from our listeners. I know that this is an issue that is important to mer- many listeners. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to Cardinal Collins about the persecution of Christians, mostly in the Middle East, but not exclusively in the Middle East. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking to Cardinal Thomas Collins about persecuted Christians in the Middle East. As our listeners will remember, there was a terrible attack, two terrible attacks right on Palm Sunday in Egypt, 45 people killed in their churches as they were praying. Uh, That was in Alexandria and in Tanta. And actually, uh, a lot of people who believe that Christianity is in danger of disappearing from the Middle East where it started. Cardinal Collins, do you agree that that's a danger? Always a danger. It, uh, and I know the, the Christians who are there living in the Middle East and who've been there for you know 2,000 years are very concerned about that. Certainly the numbers that have dropped have dropped from, uh, you know, over a million or more in, uh, in uh, Iraq and dropped very low there, and the same in Syria and other places. So the numbers have dropped very much. People have fled, or they've been killed, and uh, it's it's a systematic, uh, you know, eradication. Now this this started a long time ago. I mean, it's been going on for a long time, and one of the we just recently in another area uh, near there we we're thinking of the Armenian genocide, which uh, also is a, a genocide of Christians, and the Syriacs uh, Christians as well. And that was starting around 1915. So like we're just in the last century or so, it's been very, very severe. Um, so I think what we need to do is, if the, the best solution is to allow people to live at peace in their own homeland. I mean, that's the key. And if they cannot, uh, we try to help them uh, as they seek refuge here or elsewhere. Well, well, yes, uh, we we of course want to help them seek seek refuge here, but it's 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 something to me shocking the idea that this religion will disappear from the place where it started. Well, it's it's horrible, you know. And uh, I they, they I know when we're meeting with people, as I do from time to time, uh, the various uh, leaders of the Christian churches. They're often when they come through Toronto. I, I often meet with them 
and they're very concerned about that, about the uh, um, the elimination of Christianity, and it's it's really under attack, uh, and especially in the Middle East, especially in the Holy Land. I mean, that's the um, you know that's obviously where it began, and we we recognize especially in Easter time, and um, this is the heart and center of it. Um, but you know, the Christianity spread throughout the around the Mediterranean world and far beyond. And in many of those areas, it's been uh, attacked and wiped out. But also, of course, it restarts again. This is a time for new hope as well. Okay, yeah, let's go to the phones. We've got Brenda in Stony Creek. Hello, Brenda. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Libby. Thank you very much for addressing this topic. And hello, Cardinal Collins. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank you, and happy Passover. I Thank know you. it's just finished. Yeah, it's finished. Well, it's the last day. <laughs> Very nice. Happy Passover. That's beautiful that they coincide. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air. We're listening. Yes. I am very glad, as I said, that you're addressing this topic, and I think we have to start calling it what it is. It's Christophobia. And I know that term has not been used, and I don't want to abuse it, but that's exactly what it is. And I was wondering if Cardinal Collins, if you could comment on that. Well, I I don't know the term one would use. It's persecution, obviously, of Christians and, and of, of other believers, too, but especially of Christians. I think word phobia originally means fear. And, um, and so it's been tacked on to so many different things that it makes me wonder what, it, what meaning it has at all. It, it would normally be fear of height, something phobia, claustrophobia, fear of spaces, and so on. And so things are said fear of this or fear of that. And I don't. I, I tend to find the use of the word phobia uh, is is kind of easily used and slapped on. I don't think it has a, has a lot of uh, meaning. I do think there is hatred, obviously, and, and an effort to exterminate Christianity. That certainly is there. And I think the word I usually would use is persecution. Um, what can we do here, Cardinal? Well, I, and I think there are. The one thing is to try to help uh, the Christians and others, everyone, stay in their home uh, safely. Now, it's very hard to do that when you have uh, violence, civil wars, and you know aggressions and things like that. That's really where one would hope that the world community, especially those with enough uh, power to do that, would uh, be able to establish order and peace in those areas. And ironically, sometimes when you'd have, you have uh, even a dictator establishing order, there can be more... Uh, there has been more uh, safety for minorities than there is when there's chaos. Chaos means the weakest to the wall whenever there's chaos. So if order can be brought, um, that would be the first thing, but that's the thing uh, that requires the you know, governments and people like that to do that. But I think also we need to help uh, support the people who are there by uh, being there, by helping them with their, if, if they're in a place where they can have businesses and things like that, give them support, help them to establish, get education, things of that type. And that's being done. There are various universities and things in the Holy Land that are, and, and around, uh, we're trying to, in, in different places, they're trying to establish places to help build up the community. And so those are things, and I think just letting the world know about what's happening, maybe some protection for them, sometimes shining a light on this sometimes will help the people. But then if they cannot be helped in a particular case, then I think we need to give them refuge in the hope that maybe they or their children will be able to go back. And at least that from here they might be able to support the, the ones who are behind. I do know that a lot of the religious leaders of the Middle East are concerned if everyone's fleeing, that that is certainly going to depopulate the Christian world over there. 
Uh, and that, that will, in fact, give success to the people who are trying to destroy Christianity. Well, well, exactly. You made a couple of very interesting points I'd like to pick up on. And one of them is the point about the dictators and, and what happens and what happened in the case of Bashar al-Assad, who is also part of a minority group, um, is that they uh, ally themselves with other minority groups because there's a sectarian element to everything. And that just makes the whole thing a lot more complicated. Well, I think it is very complicated in a scenario, of course, that I'm not, I don't think any of us are into the complexity of those the situations here and so on. It's very hard to, and to understand what actually is happening. Um, you know, there are all these things. But it is certainly true that there and in other places, sometimes you would think the uh, when a dictator goes, that all will be happy. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> time is upon us. That was wrong. That's not the truth. Well, the the you know the dictators who uh, um, the West got rid of uh, Muammar Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein that just led to chaos. It's just chaos, and in chaos, people. Uh, no, I'm not you know I'm not in favor of dictators, but the, the alternative is not necessarily uh, safety and, and flourishing, for especially for minority groups. Strong people can protect themselves and probably will. But it's the minority groups that are going to suffer when there's chaos. And that's what there is in a lot of the world today. Now, so, uh, you know. the previous Harper government said that it, in terms of uh, immigration, would give priority to groups that were most persecuted, including Christians in the Middle East. That's not the policy of the current government. Do you think it should be? I think that we need to look at place people who are being, whoever they are, most persecuted. Now, I would not say... Christians, Muslims, Yazidis, whoever. It's not a question of this or that group should receive prominence or, or special uh, concern. It is whoever it is at any one time who is being particularly in danger. I think we need to be at least somewhat more attentive to them, obviously. Uh, just to say it's an absolutely neutral thing, as if this persecution is not happening, they're not people who are more vulnerable. I think it's like when people are... Are, are sick. You know, if somebody's having a heart attack, you give them more attention than someone who has got the flu. You know, you, you obviously go to where the greater danger is and try to help those who are most vulnerable and in the greatest danger. And, and now, How the form of it would take, I, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to get into details of policy on that, but I do think that um, we do need to be caring for people who are most in danger. Yeah, but uh, do you believe that we are doing that? Well, I think I, you know, I don't want to get into a kind of a, uh, get too deeply into that area. I know we're working hard. Uh, I know our own uh, Office of Refugees, we're working together. We work with the, uh, with the government and uh, seek to, uh, along with many other groups, to uh, reach out to those who are most in need. And uh, we only have a, about a, um, a minute or so left. Um, what do you want to tell our listeners? What can they do personally? Well, I think, uh, first of all, to... Pray for those who are suffering and pray for those who are in need. That is the power far beyond anything else. Uh, but also, I think, get in touch with the government leaders and, and ask them to speak up and do what we can. We're a small country, we're not a big one, but do what we can to help those who are being persecuted. And then when there are people who are in seeking refuge, who are, in fact, being persecuted, help them out. Uh, and we're doing it. Like, I know in my diocese, we have, I think, over 167 or 100. 70 parishes where there are groups doing that. And our private refugee groups, we really care. We give a lot of people, they come out, not just money. We don't, it's people who show love and care. And they help 
refugees to get established, and well within the year that they're supposed to legally support them, they well before that, they get them established and they're contributing to our Canadian society. And that is based not on money, but on love and involvement, and that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Get involved with uh, with people. That's interesting. So yeah. they don't become isolated if, if they are here. Yeah, absolutely. And this is our approach, you know, with the Office of Refugees, the Archdiocese of Toronto is very, very much about ORAT. It's also the Latin word for he prays, but, but it is ORAT, it's, and many other groups similar to that. We, it's people, it's love, it's care. Uh, that's what the, the makes the difference. We also need, uh, you know, need financing, but that's not the key thing. It's the care of the people. And I'm edified. My gosh, it's amazing. So many different groups are moving outward within our own parish. The ones I'm familiar with, our own parishes. And they're giving such tremendous help and support where and where they're blessed immensely by the goodness of the people we help. Okay. That's all the time we have. Uh, Cardinal, again, thank you for joining us. Happy thank Easter. You. Happy Easter. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.